0: Welcome to Uncontained, episode 125. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render. On the show today, I speak to a young magician, Aaron O'Brien. He's been performing at the Magic Castle since around the age of 13, which for those of you who don't know the Magic Castle, that's about the youngest you can join the Magic Castle in their juniors program. Now he's 19 years old and has performed for the likes of Cameron Diaz and uh, multiple other celebrities that show up at the Magic Castle, along with doing corporate events. We Talk all about that. I found this episode really interesting, especially because I don't speak with a lot of magicians, and Aaron's magic style is magic mixed with some aspects of stand up comedy. So it will be interesting for you to check out as well. Listen to this episode and Aaron has some great business advice for people, which I may steal some of the advice myself. So that's all coming up with Aaron O'Brien on Uncontained. How's it going today, Aaron?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Aaron. This is fun. It just feels like we're talking to ourselves,
0: you know? I love it. I know, I know. Uh, Too many errands and we need to, yeah, maybe throw in another errand and really get confusing. (laughs) So thank you for joining me, man. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and... It's impressive. You're only the second magician that I've had on my show in this 125 episodes.
1: Wow. Who was the other magician?
0: It was uh, Eric the Red Magician. Oh, okay. So, you know, check him out. He's uh, back probably about 40 episodes or so, so uh, you can look through the vast database of uncontained episodes <laughs> and, uh, and check them out if you want to get a little magician on magician listening going. So, so we were talking a little bit earlier and uh, in in uh, research found out you did the Magic Castle starting at the age of 13.
1: Yeah, so I started performing magic at the Magic Castle at the age of 13 Um, I kind of, you know, as a kid, I loved magic when I was about five years old, I got my very first magic kit. And then when I turned 12, uh, I saw a magician at a middle school lock-in that I was at. And he did this amazing trick where he takes a quarter bites the quarter and then restores it. And to me, I thought that's, that's literally the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know, I was like, I want to do that. So, uh, let me tell you folks, persistence wins. Uh, (laughs) so I followed him around the entire time until he told me how to do the magic trick and then from there I learned my very first magic trick I went online started learning stuff on YouTube then started reading books um and then just just kind of did card tricks got to go to the magic castle when I was 12 and then at the age of 13 I auditioned there which is the youngest you can audition became got accepted became a member and then at about 15 years old I started performing there professionally okay um, that's been about 4 years now so I've been there been a member for six years, so it's a pretty crazy road. It's pretty sweet.
0: Right on, man. So uh, you said you kind of started doing magic in junior high, middle school. So yeah. So it didn't take you long to get into the Magic Castle uh, Club.
1: Yeah. So it's um, the, the thing that I'm in technically is called like a junior program, um, and yeah, it took me. I had only been doing magic about a year, which is extremely not typical for people to get in because it's uh most some of you may know and you may know Aaron, that the uh, magic castle is very very hard to get into and the adult program uh is actually harder to get into than the junior program is but the thing is they focus really heavily on skill um but one of the most important things that they focus on is having a great personality so having you know, a personality and really being able to connect to an audience and being a actual performer and not just somebody who does card tricks. So yeah, it was, um, I got in on my first, first try on uh, the auditions every, um, if you don't get in, there's, you have to wait six months to audition again. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, don't mess it up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, I had been just doing tricks for my friends and stuff. And then started working with them, and then um, at about 15, performed at Magic Castle, and then started doing shows on my own, getting hired for a
0: lot of events and things like that. Okay, very cool, man. Very cool. So, for people who don't know what the Magic Castle, me, myself, I've never been. Uh, yeah. I'm up in the Bay Area, but maybe when I get down to LA next, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, what absolutely. what exactly is... Is the Magic Castle, for people who might be thinking, is that something to do with Disney?
1: (laughs) No, no, it has nothing to do with Disney. So essentially what the Magic Castle is, is the Magic Castle was started by two brothers who love magic, and they wanted to create a clubhouse for magicians to come hang out, perform, almost like a haven where they can come, and it's become world-renowned now. And essentially what it is, is it is a club so it is by invite only. So you have to be invited by a member of the club. And we have two types of members. There are magician members and there are also associate members. A magician member is somebody who studied, practiced and has auditioned to become a magician member. Okay. And an associate member is just somebody who pays a lot of money and wants to be part of an exclusive club. <laughs> so it's but basically what it is, is there are different showrooms. There is a close up gallery, which is an intimate room where they perform just really sophisticated close-up magic then it seats about 15 to 20 people then there's a middle-sized room which seats about 40 to 50 and that's more of like a medium-sized show and then they have a big theater showroom where they do um, sometimes a lot of illusions there's fire sometimes animals all kinds of things so essentially the club is a hub for magicians to come hang out in Um, they have literally bars everywhere so that's always fun when you're performing for uh sometimes drunk people (laughs) that can be very (laughs) fun. very different um but it's just a bunch of different showrooms um that magicians are performing in and a lot of famous people go in fact um i believe johnny depp is a member actually just really yeah he's an associate member there um i mean i've run into jack black recently um i personally got to perform for cameron diaz over there uh, and a bunch of other celebrities so it's it's a exclusive place that you can go in, and you can't take photos, uh, which is why a lot of celebrities go, because they can escape the paparazzi you know, escape a huge amount of publicity. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, you go into a show, then you might eat dinner, then you go see some more shows, and it's just a really, it's, <laughs> like I say, it's hard to put into words, because it's, it's this amazing experience. As a magician, it's it's kind of like Disneyland, or the first time... You know, you ever went where you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's just, <laughs> it's everything that you've thought of plus a thousand times more. If you talk to any magician, they'll always tell you, oh my gosh, the Magic Castle, it's so amazing. It's so cool. Uh, we love it so, so much. So,
0: Very cool, man. So you were saying that a normal person just couldn't go, hey, I want to go to the Magic Castle. Uh, you have to be a member to go watch Magic? Yes. So you either have to be a member or you have to be invited
1: by a member. So as a magician member, I get guest passes that I can give out to people. So typically I give them out to many of my clients. Um, or occasionally if there's a agent or event planner that I'm looking to work with, I'll send them a pass or have them come on a day that I'm performing so that they can come see me. So if you walked up to the door and you said, Hey, I want to come in, They'd say, I'm sorry, you have to have an invite. Um, The other cool thing about it is it's one of the only places left in the world that you have to dress up to go to. Um, So in the evening, it's evening wear. So you have to wear a suit, a tie, dress shoes. And then uh, for the ladies, it's like dresses or just really nice evening wear, uh, which is super cool because you don't see people get dressed up a lot. Um, I absolutely love, love being able to see see that and it's uh it's really really fun so yeah it's an exclusive club that is by invite only or if you're a member so it's basically essentially we say it's for the members and their guests
0: okay very cool man so um yeah i do remember that about the magic castle seeing it on like a tv show i think it was actually featured in uh a judd apatow series um that was made for netflix just recently called love one of the first episodes i just vaguely remember that um but yeah i've only seen the magic castle on television i'm not cool enough yet to get in uh, well, when,
1: when you're in the area we'll have to get you out
0: aaron all right i'll be like i know aaron i know aaron <laughs> o'brien he's he's a magician <laughs> and They'll be like come right in no i'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. be like well those are the magic words i'm like i thought they were abracadabra
1: well that's so funny you'd say that. Uh, they actually, one of the really cool parts, I won't give it away all of it, but there is a secret password to actually get into the Magic Castle. So when you walk in the lobby, uh, there is a password that you have to say and then a door that does, there is, like when you go in, it does not look like there are any doors, but a door appears and opens. And let me tell you, when I saw that, my jaw hit the floor. I mean, it was it was incredible because I thought like, that is like like that's how I want my house to be, you know. <laughs> One day, yeah. When I no kidding. Up. And is it is it open says me? It is actually. <laughs> I'm happy that you know that. <laughs> so listeners out there, if you want, if you're walking up, just
0: say "open says me." <laughs> yeah, and that, like abracadabra, shazam, <laughs> pow. Well, that's what I thought because somebody said, "Oh, it's a magic word," and I went abracadabra,
1: <laughs> and nothing happened. <laughs>
0: and then, then, uh, then like a genie appears and is like amateur pow <laughs> <laughs> well and then the uh, members
1: i was with um they they were like oh no this is the word and it's funny the members who i uh who asked me to come with them when they they just saw me kind of doing magic tricks around um just around town and with some friends and they invited me but they are actually descendants of the great uh howard thurston so they are And these are people that I've known my entire life. And I have no idea that these people are involved in this world. So they invite me and they're, they're huge. They're not huge at the magic castle, but they, their last name is super, super well known. And the couple who invited me, her brother is a professional magician named Frank Thurston. And he does a ton of magic in the fair market. That's his main market. And he is, um, the best fair guy out there. So Frank, if you're listening, uh, you're welcome. But also, uh, thank you for everything you did for me. Um, he was the very first show I ever saw at the Magic Castle. And to this day, we're great friends. And we it's cool because as a young guy, it's kind of hard to break into the market sometimes. And it's kind of seen as like, oh, you know, this young magician, how is he doing corporate and all, all that kind of stuff. But uh, older magicians, they they love the young generation. They respect us. And instead of it being like, you know, him being my mentor, things um, it's more like we're colleagues now, which is really cool that I get to be colleagues with, you know, some people that are extremely well known and um, that are extremely prominent in the magic community. So it's it's absolutely amazing.
0: That's uh, awesome, dude. That's awesome how how that uh, relationship kind of came about. Yeah. So let's take it back one second here. Like when you were talking about some of the people uh, you performed for. Yeah. Uh, you talked about Johnny Depp being there. Yep. personally performing for Cameron Diaz yes there has to be some stories there man there
1: there was in <laughs> the and the funniest part is I didn't know it was her um so I'm performing in the close-up gallery which is their one of their close-up rooms and I'm doing my show on a Saturday brunch and so I, I have this In my show, and I think in in life, life, I have a really good personality where I'm just very sarcastic with the people that I talk to. I just I love to just kind of joke with people, and just you know, if people you know want to make jokes with me, I'll kind of give it back to them. Uh, Basically, I I always ask people what their name is, and I involve a ton of people in the audience. So I ask this lady, I say, "Oh, what is your name?" And she says, "Cameron." And in my mind, and she's blonde, I think in my mind, I think you know, wouldn't that be funny if that was Cameron Diaz? Like that, that, you know, that's like her name. And then I thought, no, 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 Aaron, focus on your show. Get, you know, get back to what you're doing <laughs> um, because magicians were always, we're always thinking. So I think to myself, that would be really funny. And I'm just messing with her super sarcastic, all this kind of stuff. And then about two, late, two days later, I get a text from one of my buddies and he goes, hey, by the way, you know, on Saturday, we performed for Cameron Diaz and I went, no way. I was like, I totally like had a thought of like, maybe that was her or, <laughs> and I just, I had no idea. And the thing is they, um, celebrities are really cool. In fact, recently the other, another celebrity I were, uh, performed for was Elizabeth Rom, I believe is her last name. I'm not sure who she is. Um, I believe she's done a lot of law and order and, um, she, she, I think she's done some like crime shows but it's really cool because they don't seem like celebrities in fact I didn't know who she was either I I swear I don't know that many celebrities I should though because I'm near LA <laughs> but um I you know after the show she came up and said hey that was so great I really enjoyed it And I said oh thank you so much and I started talking with her and her friend I said oh what do you do for a living and she goes oh I'm an actress and I go oh I said uh should I know who you are and she goes no I mean she goes I'm a little older than you are so not. <laughs> and I went okay I said you know what's your name what have you been in she said oh and I went oh okay I said you know honestly I've never heard of you I said I bet my parents have and then when I got home up to my parents like oh yeah we know who she is <laughs> um, but it's cool because celebrities don't you know they don't treat when they a lot of them that go there that are very down to earth they don't treat you like you're this peasant to them in fact Another one really quick that I uh, got to perform for was Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy. And okay. he was the nicest guy ever. His kids came up and said, hey, we really enjoyed the show. And he came up and said that. And, you know, it's just – it's cool getting to meet celebrities and, and talk with them like they're just your friends, <laughs> which is super, super cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is really cool, man. And especially like when uh – you aren't like fanboying over them and stuff like that. They treat you a lot different as well. They treat you like, you know, a person to person, uh, connection instead of like, Oh, that's a fan just wanting to get an autograph. Right. And that's,
1: and that's kind of where I'm actually happy that I don't know a lot of celebrities because (laughs) I I always, yeah, I use the line of, oh, should I know who you are? And I used it on so many people. And then when they say, oh, oh yeah, or oh, no, even if I should, to them, it doesn't feel like I'm there just to talk to them because of who they are. It just genuinely seems like I'm very interested in who they are and what they do. And to me, that's important to me because I I like to be extremely genuine. And I am genuine because I really don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's just, it's so cool, yeah, that they don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, like, there are certain people, actually, you know, it's funny, I probably would fan, uh, fanboy way more over a magician than I would over a uh, celebrity, actually.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough, it's the industry thing, you'd be like, oh my god, I've been watching you make things disappear my whole life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) David Copperfield was uh, definitely an experience, let me tell you, Um, very, very interesting, I shall say.
0: With uh, with your uh, line that you use, um, yeah. and we'll get back to David Copperfield in a minute. I want to know more <laughs> about that. But okay. uh, with your line that you use, like, I'm, should I know you or what, or should, should should I know who you are? Does anybody <laughs> ever get like offended by that? Are they like you don't know who I am? You know what? I have yet to have
1: that. Um, it hasn't been something that I've used a lot. Just. A lot of events that I've been doing recently, like a an event I did at the LA Zoo, where there were a lot, a ton of celebrities there. Um, I just kind of started using it because I just said, you know, I don't know who these people are. And but now, oh, sorry, I'm going to go back. Um, no, to answer your question, I really haven't had anyone really be too upset about it or anything. I've never, I've actually never had anybody be upset at all. In fact, they almost seem to find it very amusing. Uh, they kind of, it seems to be, they actually kind of enjoy it because then they kind of get to just be this like mysterious person too, which is funny because
0: then it's a game of like,
1: okay, well I better figure out who they are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> playing of 20 but, questions with them or whatever. Yeah.
1: And the cool thing is too, it's not for me as well. It's not that I'm, I'm in a point where I'm not, I mean, I'm not hugely well known. Obviously like if people look at my name, if they look up Aaron O'Brien magician, you know, you're going to find some stuff, but that's because of the marketing and kind of the way I've set up, try to set up my uh, internet, which I would love to talk about and uh, give some advice about as well but you know i'm not i'm not this huge i'm not you know don't have millions of followers and things like that but it's cool magic is just a thing that is so different in our world that kind of just breaks the ice with people and really just get you just get to know people and they don't of you like they don't think of you like a fan they just they think of you like oh this is like a performer this is because a lot of celebrities are friends with a lot of famous magicians and not famous magicians just because it's like it's cool to know people will think it's
0: cool to know a magician and i'm like heck yeah it is like of course <laughs> i am for that movement <laughs> right.
1: i stand and
0: all right, all right. So uh, I do want to talk about your style of comedy yeah. in just a minute, but but I did say I did say we would go back to your meeting of probably one of the most famous magicians ever.
1: Yeah, he is uh, the most famous magician right now. Um, he's got a net worth of sorry, David, uh, eight hundred million dollars right now. Oh, that's um, it. No. Yeah. That's <laughs> Uh, He owns his own private island, uh, which is another story off air that we'll talk about. But um, so I was in Vegas for a magic convention. They have a magic convention called Magic Live. And it's the biggest magic convention, I think, of the year. And his producer, whose name is Chris Kenner. Chris is not only an amazing magician, an amazing consultant, an amazing businessman, he's a nice guy. He, uh, he loves young magic, which is super cool. He loves young magicians. Um, he, he throws a huge party every year at his house. And I should say house, it's more like a mansion. I mean, this guy, he has a secret room where like, he has the Dark Knight suit from the movie displayed. You push a little side door and it revolves into this amazing room. That has Yoda, Captain America's shield from the movie, the Millennium Falcon, um, the sick. Indiana Jones idol, and the pedestal in the room. It's like cemented in. It's the most amazing house I've ever seen. I mean, he has so much memorabilia. Um, so he does, he throws this huge party uh, during the convention, and he invites about, I would say, 300 people. Um, okay. Typically about 700 show up um, because everybody finds out about it. And uh, last year they actually had to have like somebody checking wristbands. But – Needless to say, it's it's a, it's like the biggest part of the year. Everybody looks forward to it, and it's supposed to be invite only. But uh, so Chris gives ma- uh, a lot of the young magicians an invite. So I got an invite, and I got to meet David Copperfield because, you know, he's, Chris is his producer. So we got to meet him. Um, and I, I mean, the interaction was very brief. It was, hey, may I take a picture? Very cool. You know, he does a lot of good. Um, he's always donating stuff, taking care of it. He has an amazing museum. He's always – Um, buying older magicians props and keeping them um, for generations to see which is one thing that I absolutely love about David I think that's just a fantastic thing he's doing um, because he's really preserving our art and uh, our art is a dying art but it's gotten a huge resurgence in the past few uh, years actually it's gotten TV they've brought on so many magicians recently there's Penn and Teller Fool Us the TV show there's Masters of Illusion there's stuff on Ellen America's Got Talent all over um, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting experience, is how I would describe
0: it. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Personally, I think he is a huge inspiration to each and every one of us, and I thank him for everything
0: he's done. Um, absolutely. All right, awesome, man. So let's talk about you right now. We uh, gave David Copperfield his uh, plug. Let's talk about your stand-up. Um, I mean. Let's talk about your magic show for a while. The reason I said stand up right there is because from the sounds of it, you do a lot of crowd work, like being sarcastic with Cameron Diaz. And I just my mouth got ahead of where my brain was and just started spitting (laughs) stuff out. So do you do like a hybrid of magic comedy or what's your gig, man?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I love comedy. Um, I'm always listening to comedians all the time. Uh, shout out to Jim Gaffigan. Uh, Brian regan has got to be my favorite. If I want something that's a little edgy, maybe some Tom Segura, Gabriel Iglesias. Love all those guys. They're fantastic guys. Um, yeah, so I I love mixing magic and comedy together because I'll tell you I'll tell you why. I think that it's so cool when somebody goes to a magic show. And this is an experience I had personally at the Magic Castle. I went to a magic show, and the magic was amazing. It was so good. But then he was funny. And it was like, he's not just good at magic, but he's also hilarious, which is like, you don't expect them to be so funny. You expect to see really high quality magic. And it just makes the show so much more entertaining and so much fun. And for me as a performer, I love to mix comedy and magic together because it always keeps it fresh for me. I never... I, I will tell you, I've never had a similar show ever. I've never had a show be the same because the responses that you get from audience members, the, your responses to your jokes, to your bits, to your gags, things like that, they're always going to be different. You never know what somebody's going to say, especially especially uh, children, which I don't do a lot of work with children. Every now and again, I do family shows, uh, like theater stuff.
0: But okay.
1: you just you never know what people will say. And that's what I love about it because it always keeps me on my toes too. I never get bored. I never have, you know, it's not for me, it's not a nine to five job. You know, I mean, I do work a lot on the computer, sending emails, contracts, invoices, things like that, but it's always different. It's always changing. It gives me the chance to be creative um, with my comedy, with my magic, because now instead of me reacting to what I, everybody does every time. I get to react to something new every single time and it's always keeping me thinking so I never get bored. I I just absolutely love it.
0: That's awesome.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I I just absolutely adore it and I do, you know, every show depends um I would say a lot of my work right now has been in the corporate market performing for corporations and that's a blast. It's uh some of the hardest work I've ever done. I've learned so much from those shows because of how intricate and how different um, certain organizations and companies can be and learning to be flexible. I think that that in the entertainment industry, and this goes for all fields of entertainment, being flexible is probably one of the most important things because people will respect you. People will like you. And being liked is so important in our industry because if people yeah. don't like you. You don't work. Um, and I think that that's, that's just a tip I would give to people is be flexible. Be okay. With things changing. Now in circumstances like in corporate, no know, know your stuff though. Because I run into issues where uh, I've been in shows where it's just like a um three sides are uh, seated and then there's a dance floor in the middle. And in magicians we call it the dance floor of death. Because <laughs> all the magic, all the gas, everything gets sucked into that middle dance floor. And so I I've had event planners or people that I've worked with and they said, Hey, can you work with this? And I said, You know, in the email and phone calls we have We talked about moving the chairs, and so literally I just say, all right, everybody, and I I don't, I mean, usually the event planner or DJ, whoever does this, they just say, okay, grab your chairs, and everybody grabs their chairs, and they just move on to the dance floor and set it up like theater style. So, you know, you have to be flexible, you have to adapt, but you also have to make sure that the person in charge understands. Because for me personally, at the end of the day, the event planner is not going to remember me saying, "Hey, we got to move those chairs." They're going to remember it was either a great show or it's a terrible show. Yeah, and that you know, to them, that's all they care about. So you have to be very, very cautious of that, um, making sure that it's good, but also making sure you don't look like a jerk.
0: Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. And you know, it's it's the same way whether you're doing. Uh Uh, Stand up comedy or I'm assuming magic because you're gonna have distractions going on sometimes. So yeah, you do have to work with those event planners and like make sure like you know everything is set up kind of right for your show to give you the best opportunity to perform. Yeah. Uh, But has there been just a nightmare show like you know that that either the environment's all wrong or just stuff went completely wrong altogether
1: yes uh <laughs> i you know a little bit earlier in my career um i like how i say earlier i'm only 19 but um <laughs> <laughs> hey man you've been already been doing it for what six years <laughs> yeah um well a little you know earlier in my career i didn't um always set up things and don't didn't always get all the information so I'm doing this house party. It's for a uh, for a kid kid you know kids party. Some of the stuff I started out with. Um, Whoa! I Hold on.
0: Hold up. Go ahead and yeah. start over from uh, doing this kids party or whatever. Uh, it just like it sounded like like you hit the mic or something like that. Or
1: um... uh, do you want to? If you want to ask a question, just uh, or do you want me to go into my
0: answer? Yeah, just go into your answer. Like that's just okay. where it started going. Perfect. Yeah, so I have uh, have had some uh, not necessarily a horror
1: story, but pretty bad work environment that I had to work in. Um, it was pretty early earlier in my career um, when I was doing kids parties, more kids parties, which you know, luckily I don't do many anymore.
0: <laughs> um, I can imagine. Yeah, they can be they can be a
1: nightmare. Um, so I I'm doing the show, and it's a referral of a business person that I worked with, and. And they had said, oh, you know, we have this, you know, kids party at our house. It's going to be outside. The kids will be having fun, stuff like that. Uh, definitely should have found out why it was going to be outside and all that kind of stuff because I get there and it is a pool party. So it's ah. all soaking wet in the pool, running around in the jacuzzi. So I get my stuff all set up and I think, okay, there's a nice little grassy area. We'll get all the kids to sit on a towel and sit on the grass we'll – I like to involve them in my show, have fun with them.
0: Of course.
1: The, uh, the mom decided, we're not going to do that. Uh, the mom decided to ask the kids what they want to do because the kids were in the jacuzzi. And she said, you know, can you can you perform for them? I said, yeah, let's, you know, get them on the grass and stuff. So she goes up to the kids and she goes, oh, you guys want to come out of the pool sit in the grass for the magic show? Or do you want to stay in the jacuzzi? And, of course, all the kids said, well, we'll stay in the jacuzzi. So the birthday boy and his sister come out of the jacuzzi and are on the grass and the rest of the kids are in the jacuzzi during the show and it's like how in the heck do you perform for kids in a jacuzzi? Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. It's terrible. So I'm trying to be audience interactive and I literally can only use two people uh, because the kids were the only two there And, and then I got this older kid in the pool who thinks he's super funny so he's trying to like Tell everyone how it's done, and this kid has no idea. What, I mean, you know, I wasn't amazing at this time, but he has no idea what he's talking about. He's making up these ideas, and I'm trying to keep him quiet, but he doesn't want to be quiet. And the parents, you know, parents nowadays they don't care. You know, they just let yeah. their kids go. So it was just, it was terrible. I mean, literally, like I say, I had to perform magic for kids in a jacuzzi, and it's probably <laughs> more hard. And because my show is interactive and likes to get like. It was probably one of the weirdest um, shows I've ever done, I think.
0: And was that your first heckler?
1: No. No, 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 no. Um, definitely, uh, probably first heckler would actually probably be at The Magic Castle. Um, now, I I like to shut hecklers down very, very quickly. Um, I typically have a line. I have a go-to line. If I get somebody that's just being obnoxious, I'll look at them and go, thank you so much, sir, but uh, this is my show, and which gets a laugh typically. Yeah. And it sometimes gets a round of applause, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and it kind of lets them know that you know, hey, it's okay. Because I like to have audience interaction involvement. I like them to be loud. I like them to be energetic. I like them to throw things out. But it also shows them that hey, he's in control. And if there's a problem, he'll take care of it. Um, so it, it's kind of a double you know double edged sword where it takes care of two things at the same time. Um, and I love that. Or you know, it's it's also a sense of likability when you're when you're a likable person. Um, You know, and this is something that I'm always working on. I'm always striving to do in in my industry is just be so likable to the audience because if you're likable and a heckler starts, you know, yakking, his friends or people in the show will go, hey, shut up. You know, they'll they'll shut down very, very quickly because they're like, hey, let him get on with it. Let him do what he wants. Um, But I usually feed off the hecklers. And if they're making jokes, I'll give it right back to them. And sometimes they'll come back and then I'll give it to them again. Or sometimes they'll just go, oh, okay. But it, it shows them that, hey, this isn't a movie. This is a, this is live theater. I break down that fourth wall extremely quickly when I perform. I like to just, I mean, the very first thing that I'm doing in my show is I immediately say, hey, sir, name a card. Or, hey, man, please name a card. You know, I get into it really quickly because I want them to know this isn't interactive. This is a fun show. We're all in this together. And to me, that's so important because it's not it's not just, oh, I'm doing magic tricks. and You're watching. It's it's this experience that I want each and every person to have together.
0: Very cool. A nice hands on uh, yeah, crowd absolutely. involvement and all that good stuff right there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like uh, your comedy style comes out a little bit when you're dealing with the heckler yeah. So a little stand up <laughs> going. <laughs> Did you ever have uh, aspirations to do stand up comedy? Great question. You know,
1: no, I didn't. Um, I've always loved comedy, though. I would say the very first comedian that I really got into was Brian Regan, and he's still by far my favorite comedian. Uh, Brian, I know you may not be listening to this, but if you ever do, Brian, I love you, and let's do magic together. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, no, I've never really gotten into the stand-up comedy world. Um, I have worked some open mics where some comedy has been there, but I've done magic and comedy and the cool thing about that is, it's a heck of a lot easier because if your jokes don't land, you still have the magic. You know, for stand-up, if if your jokes don't land, you got nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. But you know what? It's kind of interesting because comedy and magic kind of go together. Um, do you know who Chris Hardwick is? Comedian. So- he so- uh, hosts like uh, Talking Dead, like After the Walking Dead, and has a show. It was Nerdist, now ID10T. Well, either way, he's a stand-up comedian as well. And uh, he was talking about how comedy is a lot like magic when they were comparing that to like music. People can listen to a song over and over and over again and be like, I love this song. But once like a comedian tells a joke, somebody hears the punchline, it's kind of like a magic trick. Once that trick has been done, once it's been seen, it loses some of its, like... Yeah. Like, wow, effect, you know. So, they're very similar in ways. It's true.
1: And uh, one of the things, there is a magician uh, by the name of Joshua Jay, and he did a study upon audience reactions to magic. And the number one thing that an audience wants to see is the aspect of surprise, whether that be in any form, any way, a joke, a bit, a trick, an illusion, whatever it is, they want to be surprised. And you're absolutely right with comedy. You lose that punchline, that surprise in magic. You lose that, that uh, wow moment, you know? And, you know, as a magical lover, because I love magic, you know, it's, it's, a, it's different for me because I can really appreciate the skill and the things of that nature. But you're absolutely right. It definitely uh, has that surprise. And that's why I'm always creating, always working on new things myself.
0: Right on, man, right on. I'd love to catch a live show of yours here sometime Absolutely. if I get down to L.A., get me into the <laughs> Magic Castle, I'll dress up all nice and, like, <laughs> you know, I might even comb my hair. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, I guess you've been doing this, what, since you were 12, 13 years old? So yeah. What, so- what advice would you have for somebody who is looking to get started doing doing magic
1: I don't Uh, No, I'm just don't do Um,
0: it you don't want the competition that's it you know
1: (laughs) Uh, that's funny you bring it up competition right now is actually not a huge thing it is in certain industries like I would say in the Vegas scene there is a huge amount of competition because it's so um, dense out there but we, we always talk about pie in the sky where there's just – there's actually so much work. There are so many events going on that a magician could be at that they're not at. Um, yeah. So I think that there is a huge opportunity for work. So uh, yeah, but uh, advice to magicians, um, the number one uh, piece of advice I would give is um, read books. You know, I, I try to read uh, as many books as I possibly can on magic um, and theory on tricks, on performance, on scripting, all those kinds of things. I'm always working on it. So um, books offer something very unique, and it forces certain parts of your brain to work in certain ways where as video you're, you're used to being on your phone looking at social media, watching Netflix, you know, scrolling through Facebook, whatever it may be. Um, using your brain to read uses a different sense of your brain, and also because you can't visually see it, Um, sometimes the way that it's worded can be confusing, which forces your brain to fill in pieces, which actually helps you be more creative and to create, um, more yourself. Another piece of advice I would give to magicians is if you want to be a magician, um, get an act, make it good, and then go perform it. Go have places to go be bad. Um, one of the greatest things I ever did was going to perform Mm -hmm. in a restaurant free of charge because I wanted to get in. I wanted to practice. I wanted to get more experience. And it got me clients. It got me good experience. It got me polished. Um, just get out and go do as many shows as you possibly can. And when you're starting, don't worry about the money later on, worry about the money, worry about the business. That's the other thing. There's so many starting artists and it makes me so sad because it's, like there's so many people that have this amazing talent that have no sense of business. And I, I love business. I'm a business major right now in college. And you have to have business in this industry and in an industry to be successful. Um, it, it's just a, it's a huge part, and you can't you really can't do it without a sense of business. So. Um, that was like three answers to one, but, uh, no, do that's all. good,
0: man. Those were all great, uh, piece of advice. And, uh, maybe I need to tap your mind about the business knowledge a little bit, uh, at some point, whether it's on, the, on the podcast or after the podcast, that was a great answer there. So what, what are you currently doing to, uh, promote yourself, Mr. Businessman?
1: Yeah, well, I will tell you one of the greatest secrets that I have found and it is a free secret. It is called Google Business Page. Uh, it's, it's great for what industries you are in. It is a free tool. So essentially, one of the things that people don't know is that when Google is going through its search results in search Well, they typically want to go for things that are already set on Google. Okay. So by having a Google Plus page and having a Google Business page, your SEO, your search engine optimization on Google is gonna be significantly higher because you're already plugged into Google's system. So if you go on and you look up how to set up a Google business page, what you do is you input all your information, you set up hours that you work, that you're open. This can be a literal shop, um, like if you're selling cupcakes or whatever you're doing, or if it's a service like me, you can put in hours. I just put 24/7 because I want my customers to know I'm there for them any time of the day. And you put up, uh, you can get reviews on there. So if you get, you can ask uh, previous clients to put reviews. You can put up deals. You update it once a week. You can put up a new post. And so that helps people see it. And I've had it for maybe, maybe a few months, maybe three, four months. And I've gotten two really high paying gigs out of it. And for me, it's worth, it's free. Yeah. Because what they did is literally because of what, it also attaches to what area you're in. So you're going to get work in your area, which is great. So, uh, I have a guy who lives in Simi. He typed in magician, clicked enter. And I was one of the first two or three that came up and he doesn't, he lives about maybe 16, 17 miles from me. And there's a lot of guys in between, but I had good ratings. Um, he liked how professional mine looked. So for instance, if you are a event planner, if they type in event planner and then on Google, you might come up first so then they can click on you, click on your website. And it is, it is amazing, uh, how, how it works. Like, People in Thousand Oaks, which is the area that I live in, they type okay. in the first one that comes up. So it's a great, great tool. Um, it's free. And um, one of the things is I recommend just set up everything, all the questions that it has on there, just fill out everything. Because the more information you give, the better, and then consistently update it. But it, I mean, it takes five minutes to update. It's so easy. So
0: That is awesome, man. I'm going to have to uh, go do that uh, as soon as this is over. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and if you have... If you have any questions, you know, uh, please let me know. I'm, I'm here to help and answer any question. especially, you know, if you're a young magician and you want to know something, um, you know, we'll talk about ways to reach me later, but uh, I would love to help out anybody answer questions send emails, have a phone call, Skype conversation, because that's how I got my start. Other people helped me out. So I'm, I'm in this for, for everybody, you know?
0: I like it, man. I like it. That's a great attitude to have. Um, So, all right. So that was some great advice on promoting yourself. As I said, as I told you earlier, sometimes I take some advice from from my guests and apply it to my podcast. (laughs) And this may be one of those pieces for sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So do you have any more promotional tips since uh, that one was so good Uh, or... If not, that's alright. I can pretend I didn't ask this question.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. There are um, so many opportunities. One of the one things that I love to do is networking. So when I'm at an event, I I get there early, and not just to set up, but I also want to meet the staff. Okay. If I'm working at a hotel, I want to go meet. I want to meet their activities or events person. I want to know who's who's arranging these events because that might be somebody I want to go talk to and might be able to book some work with. If um, you know, even the staff that's there uh cleaning the dishes or whatever, I try to go perform for them because I want them to know that I'm not just here for the guests, but I'm also there to hang out with them. And then if I have problems or if I need something and I feel awkward asking, I know that they already like me and they trust me, so I can go ask them for that. Um, and then the other thing with that is stay after the event. Um, this is a lot of stuff for like services and stuff, but I mean, really can be applied to any industry, I believe is I like to stay after the events and I like to just talk with people and be personable. Um, get outside of your comfort zone. Don't do what's comfortable because what you do when you do what's comfortable, it's too easy. When you go force yourself into conversation, I mean, be, obviously be smart about this, please. <laughs> um, but try and insert yourselves in conversations or even in your work. Um, try to do things of that nature because those are the going to be the people that are going to hire you. I always say, you know, my goal if I perform at a gig is get two or three more people to hire me because it, it becomes a tree. You start off with one person to hire you, then two or three people from their event hire you. And those two or three people have events and then two or three people from their event and your numbers grow rapidly. And you know, not every event's going to be like that. Some events you may get nobody, some events you may get 10 people. It's just going to depend, but be, be likable, be flexible. It's, I think it's just so important to be, I got to tell you, being a nice guy, is so key to this, to the entertainment industry, I believe, because when you're just a nice person, people want to work with you. People want to help you. People want to do things for you. Um, and then lastly, in terms of networking, uh, there are free networking meetings around. There is a great app called, let me pull it up on my phone. Give me 10 seconds. Uh, the app is called meetup and okay. it has all kinds of events. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's great. There's a bunch of mixers in different parts of the entertainment industry and typically they want different people in different industries and you all work together to help each other by either getting business cards that you will pass around from outside vendors, things like that, or even event planners that you might talk to or just you kind of tell people what you're looking for and if they have a contact, they'll help you. And then if you have a contact to help them, you help them. So it's a great, great way to get talking about your business. And do your research. Check if they're free. There's a ton of free mixers you can go to. And I have booked uh, two or three shows actually from mixers that I just randomly went to. I wanted to stand out and I, because I'm young. So I went in wearing a suit. And everybody else is in, you know, jeans and a button-up shirt or slacks, whatever. But I'm wearing a full-on suit because I want to say, I'm here to do business. I'm not here to mess around. I'm not here to joke around. I'm here to get things done and get business. And that to them is going to show a idea of professionalism and get, get every single person's business card. And if you find out something personal about them, write it down on the business card, because when you send them an email, don't send them a generic email. You're going to send them, Hey, Aaron, it was so great meeting you. You know, I hope your daughter's birthday on Friday goes excellent. You know, I I just had a blast meeting you, things like that. Write down these notes. I had a client I sent an email to um, just to kind of touch base and see, you know, maybe if they had some events going on. And I, I, in an email, previous email that I had, a word that she thought of that I told her what she was thinking of, I included that in the email and she emailed back saying, oh my gosh, I don't know if you have an amazing, <laughs> or an amazing memory, all this, but she went, that's just, you blew my mind. And then I went out of my way to, you know, help her and, you know, just be a nice person.
0: <laughs> right on, man, right on. That is a lot of uh, good advice right there. Uh, you can always rewind the podcast if you want to take notes on it. But I do have a f- couple more questions for you, man. And then, then we'll get the show wrapped up here. So what is a highlight or two that uh, you would care to share?
1: Yeah, um, let's see. Probably one of my proudest moments that I got to do was performing at the Ron Reagan Library uh, for their docents for their annual Christmas party. That was, it was just a blast. There were about 300 docents there. And the Roland Reagan hi- uh, Library hired me to come in and come perform. And that was cool because I was one of um, the first magicians to ever perform there. And my grandfather actually a docent. So he said that he thinks that I am the, was at that time, the only magician to ever perform there, which was super, super cool. Um, Another quick highlight. What,
0: what is it? Real quick first. What is a yeah. docent? I, I'm uh, out of the loop.
1: Oh no, that's okay. It's basically a <laughs> it's a volunteer the volunteers their time to give tours and kinda work stations at the library. So okay. they make sure you know kids aren't running over things, checking out things. So they do like once a week or depending on their schedules, um, they just kinda donate their time to help out the library. It's just something that they're excited about, something that they like. Um It's really, really cool.
0: All right, man. Sounds good. I I didn't know if it was like the Shriners or the Elk Club and they wear funny hats and stuff like that. But yeah, (laughs) all right. All right. Cool. So what was your second highlight real quick?
1: Second highlight. Oh, goodness. It's either probably um, becoming a member of the Magic Castle 13, which we talked about. Um, That was just I can't tell you how blessed I was to be able to do that and um I, let me tell you actually a little bit about the first time i ever performed at the magic Castle. i would okay. say that's my second highlight All right. um the first time that i ever performed in the magic castle i was not actually planning on performing there <laughs> um we had a monthly meeting where the program that i was in we met um, to workshop magic to talk about magic and uh this is a program of the juniors where we work together and we have library time where we read and and, uh, workshop things and talk with each other, eat food, things like that. Um, So I was doing, I'd already auditioned my act before and I was there to kind of do like a checkup, just make sure things were good. And then they would approve me to go perform for a brunch. So I get there and the manager comes downstairs and he says, Oh my gosh, you know, our guy canceled today. We don't have anybody. And uh, the director of the junior program was there. And so I went up to him and I said, Bob, you know, what do you, what do you think? Can I, I have all my stuff. Can I go do brunch? And he went, sure. So I went <laughs> upstairs and I got to go perform and, uh, our, our, um, manager upstairs, she is just the sweetest lady ever. Kate, she's, uh, so kind. She's like a mom to me. Um, we call her our, all the juniors, we call her our magic castle mom. Okay. Uh, here, all the juniors. But uh, she, she would tell everybody that came to the show, this is his first time debuting at the Magic Castle, and uh, she just builds it up, you know. But it was the coolest, probably the coolest experience of my life, just being able to go home to my parents, and they say, hey, how was the meeting? I said, you know, you wouldn't believe it, I performed it today. And they went, what? We wanted to be there. And I went, I'm sorry, I didn't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, I got to do close-up magic for that day and do um, like 20-minute shows. It was just... It was my, and to be honest, my, it was probably my, I think it might've been my first paid show, which is actually kind of crazy that my first paid show was at the magic castle. Um, and that was, that was the first job I ever had. And I believe it will be the last job that I ever have is doing magic. I love it. This is my career. You know, I,
0: I have, you know, if you can't tell already, I have a huge passion for this. This is just a love of mine. Not at uh, all, man. Not at all. You don't, you don't seem passionate at all about magic. I hate it
1: now. And I mean, <laughs> Aaron, I would talk about this for hours and hours, you know, it's just, it's a love of mine. So performing at the magic castle for the first time was probably one of the coolest moments of my life.
0: I can, I can imagine man going from, oh, I'm doing a meeting to maybe I might perform to dude. I can perform tonight. Taking, taking <laughs> advantage of that opportunity, man. That's what it's about. Uh, Absolutely. So what, when, when you do perform, on yeah. stage, or whether it's at the Magic Castle, a corporate event, to uh, kids in a jacuzzi. Uh, what do you want your audience to take away and remember about your performance?
1: That's a great, great question. You know, I think there, there's a few things. The One of the most important things to me is I want them to come away and say, that's a guy that I'd love to go hang out with. Um, if I was of age... I would want them to say let's go get a beer, you know. Um I go want get them a root beer. to get a rip beer. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um you know, I want them to feel like they've gotten to know me. I want them to feel like that I'm almost a part of their family and that they've just they've just hung out, relaxed and just had a really fun, really entertaining show with somebody that they would go hang out with. They would invite over to their house. Um and that's why I always my my favorite shows um, they don't always pay the best, but my favorite shows are the house parties. I come uh, and basically what that is just you know if it's a somebody's birthday or like an adult birthday or a um you know anniversary or just a summer party. I, I just get so energized by those because I get to tell those people about me and my story and who I am. and it just it gets me so fired up. So I just want the audience always to take away that, hey, that was a nice, nice fun guy. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. I want different people to think different things. So for instance, okay. um, if it's a kid, I want them to think, I want to be like him one day. All if right. it's uh, a guy that's my age, I want them to think, Hey, that's a guy I'd like to be friends with. If it's a girl my age, I want her to think, Hey, I'd want to go on a date with that guy. Uh-huh. Um, if it's, if it's a parent, I want them to think, wow, he's a great kid. He would be a great friend of my son or I would love for that to be my son or, you know, somebody who's a grandfather's age or something. I would love that to be my grandson. Wow. He's just a, such a nice, kind young man. You know, I want them to take away that I'm just, I'm human, you know, that's the thing. And I, you know, I'm just there to have fun with them. I'm there to entertain them. Most importantly, make sure they have a great time. And I think that that personally, I think if you are in the entertainment industry, that's what you should be about. I think you should just be about simply entertaining people and, you know, making them just have a great time and connect to you. And um, yeah, that's that's what I would say.
0: New new slogan for you, Aaron O'Brien, magician and son you never had.
1: <laughs> it on my website right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, go change that. Uh, you know, you can use that. I won't even charge you for uh, marketing purposes. I uh, that. all right man uh it's been fun i have one more question for you uh but before we get to there where can people find you uh if they want to hire you for a gig where can they go if they want to see you perform how can they do that and if they want to pass to the magic castle what's the magic word (laughs) hey great question um one of the
1: best way to contact me is if you just go to my website, which is Aaron O'Brien Magic.com, um, which is simply a uh, real quick, just run through A-A-R-O-N, C.com. Um, that you can check out, um, my events and things that I'm up to, things that I'm doing. Um, you can kind of find out just everything about me and there's a way there's a, my emails on there, which is just Aaron at Aaron O'Brien Magic.com, Literally. Uh, I shouldn't tell you this when my phone number's on there. So if you just want to talk, let me know. Um, but yeah, that's a good way. And then if you want to be careful
0: with that, man, be careful with that.
1: (laughs) Well, luckily it's just corporate. No, um, (laughs) uh, um, social media is just Aaron O'Brien magic. Um, on Facebook, just Aaron O'Brien magician. Um, literally if you just type in my name in magic or magician, you'll find me. Um, yeah. And if you want to hire me for a gig, let me know that you came from this podcast and I will give you a good deal because of Aaron. Uh, I'll get you a good deal or if you want to go to Magic Castle or you just want to hit me up, if you have some questions, business, just want to hang out, let me know. Um, I would love to talk to anybody and everybody
0: feel free to reach out. All right, there you go being that nice guy again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I have that one final question for you. It's the title question of the show. Aaron O'Brien... How do you live uncontained?
1: You know, Aaron, I live uncontained by working very, very hard in what I do. And I get a lot of people that question me because of my age, because of how young I am, saying, you know, you're you're not professional, you're not doing this. And I just say, "Hey, you know what? I've put in the time. I've put in the effort. I've put in the hard work. I I've put in all the hard work, all the things that I've needed to do. And I live uncontained because Magic is my passion. Magic is my love. And there's nothing else I'd rather be doing in life.
0: Hell yeah, man. That's, that says it all right there, man. <laughs> so, you know, with that passion, I, I really, I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm glad you came on the show tonight, man. It was great so talking fun. to you, uh, seeing your passion for magic and performings really cool. And then sharing some great advice, uh, with the uncontained audience, that absolutely. I'm gonna take advantage of myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have one final thing for you to do um, yeah. before before we get uh before we get out of here, and that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight, Aaron?
1: Aaron, I will absolutely do you the honor. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It has been real, really. Just go be that nice person. Go kick some butt and hire me for your next event. I'm Aaron O'Brien, and I live uncontained.
0: And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Aaron O'Brien for joining me and uh, sharing his story along with some great advice for people who are uh, looking to go from the starving artist to the thriving artist. And, uh, yeah, please make sure you contact him on the social media. His links are going to be in the show notes. And also, uh, you can find those show notes at uncontainedpod.com. There's a tab at the top of the page that will take you directly to them. And thanks again for listening. And until next time, live uncontained.